the voice of reason, the voice of alarm, the voice of stats, the voice of scouts, the voice of Kool-Aid, the voice of dismay, the voice of Davo. <sighs> Do we even have to talk about this one? It's Davo. Glad you are along for another edition of your dish right here on Clubhouse Conversation, where the Royals are completely annihilated in front of 29,081 fans by the Seattle Mariners. 11-2 in Game 1 of 3 and Game 1 of 6, the final homestand of the 2015 season. Definitely not what you were looking for off of the off day, right? And we're going to quickly go through this game tonight, keyword being quickly, maybe two or three minutes, because there's not much to say about this game, and it really felt like a glorified spring training game, didn't it? Completely over by the third inning. And completely, you know, Omaha Storm Chasers on the field by the sixth inning. So we'll quickly go over this one. And literally in about three minutes, we will preview the final two between Seattle and KC. Let's start, though, with our player of the game. There were a couple of very, very small bright sides tonight. If you look real closely, you can still see one Firefly left in September, right? And that's about how it felt for this team. Actually, I lied. I don't think I've seen a Firefly in like six weeks, but. I digress. Alcides Escobar, one of the few bright spots. He's our player of the game tonight. Alcides is the player of the game for the sixth time this year. In case you're wondering, Eric Cosmer leads the way here with 10. You've got Morales with 9, Moustakis 8, a number of guys with 7 and 6. So Eski gets his sixth of the year. 3 for 4 with a run in RBI in this one. Outside of that, though, I mean, two outs in the ninth inning. Alex Rios gets the lone extra base hit of the entire game. Took till two out to the ninth for the Royals to get their first extra base hit. He extends his hitting streak down to 12 games tonight. Escobar drives him in for that second run later. And uh, I mean, the Royals offensively were awful. They really were. 12 strikeouts tonight as compared to just one walk. So not much to analyze tonight because, like I said, by the sixth inning, it was the Omaha Storm Chasers out there, not to mention the Royals got so far behind so quickly that it's tough to even really judge how they did offensively tonight. You lose that intensity and focus a bit. And no matter, you know, professionals or not, that's human nature. So no huge gripes tonight with the offense. Iwakuma was good for Seattle. Not sure if it would have mattered how good Guthrie was. Don't know that the Royals would have got much more than a run or two off of him anyways. But seven shutout innings the way the chips fell tonight. Three hits was all the Royals got. Ten Ks in a walk by Iwakuma. Tip your cap. And let's get to pitching. So obviously, very, very tough night for Jeremy Guthrie. And it stinks because this is a guy who's given so much to the Royals, been such a bright spot over the last three years. He's done so much for the team, so much for the community, a guy that loves Kansas City, that lives here year-round, one of the few guys left that does that. that you know, And a guy who I thought had made some, some strides with, with, with the fastball out of the bullpen. We went over the numbers last night, mid-fours out of the bullpen, nearly a K per inning. Guthrie's been a lot better out of the bullpen. You were hoping he could translate that over to the game, and I thought he would. I thought Guthrie would give the Royals six-plus innings of two-run ball tonight. I really did. Wasn't meant to be, though. A couple of home runs right away in the first inning by Seager and Cano. Jeremy gives up four home runs overall and two and a third to go along with eight earned runs and nine hits. So Robbie Cano is 18th and 19th home runs of the year there in the first and third innings. You had a home run by Seager, like I said, his 25th. Brad Miller got Guthrie for his 10th. And then Miguel Almonte yields one in the fourth for good measure to Jesus Montero. 
It's it's sad tonight. It's sad seeing Guthrie get hit like that. I, it, it, it hurts me a bit. I hate, you know, I don't mean to be cheesy here. But, and you know, same thing with, like, Greg Holland today, who, you know, we found out has gotten demoted from Royals Closer, as he should, because, A, he's not being effective, but, B, more importantly, he's not right. He's not healthy. And we've seen that with sharp drops in velocity and and a flattened fastball and, and you know, no command. So, I mean, it was an obvious choice by Ned and the right one to move Wade Davis into the ninth, Herrera the eighth, and then in the seventh inning you have a combination of Matson, Morales, and Hochaver. You've got Duffy for the fifth and sixth innings, maybe even the seventh in the playoffs. So you feel pretty good about your bullpen, but it's sad to see Greg Holland, a guy who I suspect the Royals will non-tender after this year. It, it's sad to see potentially his last save opportunity in a Royals uniform be that heartbreaking loss the night in Detroit. So, you know, some some bad things today for Royals pitchers who have given a lot to this team who are true Royals. On the other hand, you know, Miguel Almonte, while he didn't have a good line, giving up two runs and his inning in two-thirds, he walked three, did strike out three. The stuff's there. It's obvious. But Almonte's at least a full season away from the major leagues. He's nowhere near ready. I can confidently say that after seeing him twice in the minor leagues in person and a few times this year up here in KC. The stuff's there, but the command is not. He's not quite a pitcher yet. He's not quite ready. He needs another year, in my opinion. Maybe next September you see him up here. He'll be a damn good starter, though, I believe, by 2017 for the Royals. Now, Scott Alexander, nice effort. Three innings, a one-hit shutout ball with a K. And then scoreless frames from Michael Marriott, who was called up yesterday again to help the ailing Royals bullpen. And then Jabba Chamberlain, as well, finishes this one off. The good news is Toronto does lose tonight, so the Royals maintain a game-and-a-half lead over the Jays. They had the three-run home run by Mr. Bird in the 10th after they blow on the lead. Andrew Miller, a rare blown save there in the ninth. They come right back and and get the win. Brian McCann, a nice little push bunt against the shift to get the Yankees going. And it was good to see them win for the Royals' sake, obviously. So that's good news. The Twins do win. So the magic number remains at three as the Royals will clinch on either Thursday or Friday. But other than that, nothing to see. So let's move on. There's not much to talk about tonight. The Royals got waxed. It's one of those games you just have to shake off and, and just start thinking about the playoffs. I mean, gosh, our, the September has been so miserable. Aren't you just ready for it to be over with, get to the playoffs? I mean, for a while there, we were bummed about losing our record, you know, thinking the Royals were going to win 97, 98 games as of a few weeks ago. We were bummed about that, having to start over brand new in the playoffs, right? But it's kind of the point now where I'm ready to start over 0-0. Zero and zero. The Royals losing 12 of their last 17. I'm ready to start 0-0, zero and zero, start over again. You know, maybe the players will have something click and the intensity will get better and the pitching will get better. Obviously, the Royals will be, you know, pitching their main guys and their main bullpen guys every day. You have a built-in off day, which will help out a lot. So on and so forth. There's some good things happening. Alec Trios is getting hot and becoming the player that Casey thought it could be. Almost shades of Nori Aoki last year. Remember Aoki last year just turned it up in September? It's almost what Rios has been doing after a disappointing 2015 season, much like Aoki for the majority of the 2014 season. That's good news. Good to see Eski get some hits tonight. Medlin's been, for the most part, good. Cueto's coming off a good start. So there are some good things happening for the Royals. They, they made the correct move in their bullpen, so on and so forth. We'll just stay positive, hope the Royals can get two of the next two. They got to go both of these next two. We said four and two in this homestand. If you want home field, you've got to go four and two in this homestand. Now that becomes obviously four and one. So tomorrow, the Royals, I'm, I'm stressed, sorry. <laughs> tomorrow, the Royals will take on the lefty, Ruinus Elias. 5 and 8 with a 406 against Jordano Ventura, 12 and 8 with a 440. 
Elias was skipped last time through the rotation. His last start was September 12th, giving up two runs in five and a third against Colorado. Struck out eight, so a guy who misses bats. Has seen the Royals once this year. They lit him up for seven runs and three and two-thirds back on June 24th. Ventura, meanwhile, first start of the year against Seattle, comes off of two runs allowed against Cleveland. In the finale, interesting matchup, lefty James Paxson, a guy that I wanted the Royals to get for a long time. He's had injury problems the last couple of years. Just his third start back since coming off of the DL slash, you know, not pitching for a while. First time KC seeing him this year, the Canadian lefty is 3-4 and four with a 3-7-0. Against Cueto, 2-6, and six, a 5-1-2 in a Royals uniform. I will tell you that Paxton has not gone long in length his last couple of starts since coming off of his injury. Four and a third against Texas, allowing a run. Three innings, two runs against Colorado. So like I said last night, a guy you expect to throw probably about 90 pitches max on Thursday. Maybe the Royals can get him for even less than that, give Johnny Cueto a nice lead. Cueto comes off of that impressive outing in Detroit. Seven innings, two runs on Friday night. So there, that's where we're at. The Royals need to win these next two. They've got the pitching matchup, by my estimation, in both games. Get the better team, win the games. Go out and win them. Hope the Yankees can beat the Blue Jays again tomorrow, and you can extend that back to two and a half. But, you know, first and foremost, find a way to get well these next 12 games. you got to get at least, uh, even if you don't get home field, you, you got to get at least six or seven of the next 12. You cannot go into the playoffs on a full month slide. That just cannot happen for the Royals. So let's hope they can get things going. You know, tonight, they never really had much of a chance, unfortunately. So it's, it's tough to totally judge this game tonight. So we'll just turn the page and get to tomorrow. We'll have it for you again on Clubhouse Conversation. Until then, I published the interview with Tom Bergmeier, played for the Royals, pitched for them from 69 to 73. It was a coach for 17 years in the system, so 22 years for Berge. It's about an hour and a half long. Hope you'll download it and take it with you and check that out. We just posted that yesterday here on Clubhouse Conversation with Mr. Bergmeier. Until then, we'll talk to you tomorrow. Have a great night. Hoping for a better result tomorrow. Go Royals.